0: was a sacrifice his wife just had surgery and though she's home she certainly has not fully uh, recuperated at this point and yet he was willing to come and help us out today and I am so very thankful I count it such an honor amen to have this good elder here filling this pulpit today amen I want to hear the word of the Lord how about you how about the rest of you I want to hear the word of the Lord today Praise God, Amen, 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 Elder Taunton. We want you just to come, take your liberty today. Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. It is good to be back in the house of the Lord again today. <clears throat> Thank you for your prayers for my wife and her recovery. it just takes time to, uh, to readjust for someone that is 74 years old and never had surgery, never been in the hospital except to have our children. It's a major adjustment for her to have to uh, sit around in a recliner and, and me wait on her. But, uh, Praise God. God's good to us. Amen. The Holy Ghost has tried desperately this morning to move in this service. If we would just plug in and let it happen. This is not just a Sunday morning service. This is the day the Lord has made. Praise God. And his desire is that each one of you leave different on yes, a higher level than you came praise god it really doesn't matter what level you're on right now but what will matter is what level you leave on and the way that you leave elevated is that you hear the word of the lord and then respond to it. Praise God. Now, I don't, I don't know how, uh, just from this building, I would not know how to go to Chicago. If I were to want to go, I would have to find somebody either to tell me or get a road map. Praise the Lord. And living for God, I I don't know how to go to heaven by myself. I don't even know where heaven is. So the only way I'm going to get there is I'm going to go God's plan. With God's word, regardless of my interpretation, God's word and the man of God in your life. Praise the Lord. I I want to talk to you this morning from a subject that I feel the Lord has laid on my heart. Uh, I want to talk to you about your calling. You say, well, when you talk of a calling, you naturally think of a call to preach. That's not each person in this building today whether you are living for God according to the scripture or not, you have a call on your life. If you haven't repented of your sins, he's calling you to repentance. And if he's called you to repentance and you've obeyed it and received the Holy Ghost, he's calling you to a distinct position in the church. Praise God. Romans chapter 1. Verse 6 and 7. Among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. In Second Peter chapter 1. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall not fall. If you do these things, you shall not fall. Let's pray. God, we thank And each person that leaves this building today will leave on a higher plane than they come. We're going to give you praise in Jesus' name. Praise, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Called. Your calling is called to be saints. You can be seated. I... <coughs> I've heard many different ones over the years. I've heard almost every excuse for not being available to be used of God. I've heard those say, I don't have the ability. I don't have the talent. I don't know how. But yet, the call of God is on each individual, as I've already said, in this building, you will never, even with the Holy Ghost, you will never be happy and fulfilled unless you are actively involved in the work of God. Now, you expect Pastor Regan to give his life, to give all of his energies, and to give all of his uh, abilities, talents, potential to the work of God. If he just nonchalantly walked in, and <clears throat> I, I knew a man one time that, <clears throat> several years back, that uh, would rush in service after time to start, and frantically throughout the building looking for his Bible. Where did I leave my Bible? Where, 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 where did I leave my Bible? Uh, the church was frustrated, and I believe God was frustrated. There's no way He could have prepared anything to feed the congregation. But you expect your pastor to come and to feed you on Bible study night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. That's part of your expectation. But by the same token, the frustration in the ministry is trying to get God's people as involved. Praise the Lord. To when the visitor comes to get them involved by hearing the word of the Lord and then responding to it. Romans says called to be saints. That means to summons as to a specific duty. God has a place. For each individual in this house today that nobody else can fill. So if I'm not filling my position, there's a vacancy, there's a void. That's why sometimes the service drags and you just can't get it off the ground as it were. Somebody's not doing their job. Praise God. Somebody's not getting plugged in. Somebody worked too many hours in Pharaoh's brickyard today and then thought that they could just come to church and everything would fall in place. But the call of God is that when we come to the house of God that we leave everything outside that door. This is the most important time you'll spend today. In the house of God, because God has direction for your heart and for your life, but you're going to have to plug in to get that direction. God calls men in the church, uh, and the word called was a summons to Pacific duty as called to the military. Now uh, having done away with the draft but for many, many years uh, before a lot of your time we had what they called a draft. When you turned 18 years old you had so many days to register and then they classified you 1A, 2A, 3 right on down uh, uh, the list until you were disqualified because of a condition. But uh, when you're time came, you received a little uh, little invitation in the mail uh, that they would like to have your presence at a certain location on a certain day. Now, you did not uh, just throw that in the trash and think nothing of it. You were diligent uh, to either show up on that date or there was someone coming That would escort you. There was no getting out of your call to the draft. There is no getting out of your call to your military service in God's kingdom. That's why a lot of people just function. That's why they come to church and just go through the motions. I know what I'm talking about because I've been there because of circumstances. I know what it's like to know that you should be involved, but uh, because of fear or whatever else, uh, I was not able to get involved. But all the day that I said, it don't matter about circumstances. It don't matter about situations if the Lord will help me. Praise God. Now, you got to understand you didn't choose the Lord. He chose you. You can't come to him without he draws you. I've heard men say, "When I when I get such and such in line, when I get certain circumstances in my life straightened out, then I'm going to... Live for God. I'm going to go to church and I'm going to get involved. No, you got it backwards. When you sit in an apostolic church, you're not just sitting in any church. Because when God's presence comes down and starts dealing with you about moving up or getting involved, you don't just slough that off. That's God, the supreme commander giving you first an invitation to be a part of his kingdom. Well, I'll think about it. You don't go home and think about God's invitation. You respond, or at some point, there's what we call a rejection. I remember many, many years ago, my uncle, good man, he was about, well, he was a giant in my eyes as a kid, he was well over six foot uh, in my kids' eyes. I could I can say he was seven foot, but really he wasn't. He was probably six, four, five, but he was a barrel-chested man, a very large, strong man. And I remember in a little country Pentecostal church one night with uh, homemade pews, wood floors, and no, no heat, no air conditioning. Just, uh, just a rough shod building. When Uncle Preston stood. I can still seem as though in my mind's eyes tonight, standing, and he gripped the back of those pews until his knuckles turned white. Conviction was on him, and God, in His mercy, was drawing him. But. Uh, uh, he, he walked out on God that night, and
1: uh,
0: uh, we felt like that it was his final call. Uh, he later said he'd come, he'd come back to church uh, several different times, but never the same, never felt that call again. And later on, he said, if I ever feel what I felt that night, if I ever feel it again, they don't make the log chain that'll keep me out of an altar. But he never felt that call again. And he died uh, in a in a state of confusion. His brother come along and introduced him to Mormonism. And he swallowed it uh, in hopes that that would be a release. But I'm talking to somebody today that... Better listen to the call of God as to your call. Whether it's to seek the Lord for the Holy Ghost or whether it's to move up in your experience with the Lord. James chapter 6 and verse 44 said, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. That said, no man. No individual. You better be thankful uh, if you sit here today with the Holy Ghost that God one day, one night calls you to repentance. You better thank God that when he calls you, you responded to that. Uh, But to continue that, you better thank God today that he's still dealing with you to move up in the kingdom. Pastor Riggin needs some help. He needs some men that will step up to the plate, as it were, and say, let me find my place. Help me find my place. Help me find what I need to be doing. Pray with me, Pastor, that God would put his anointing on me if it's only mowing the lawn. I'll be the best mower that ever lived. If it's only, oh Lord, where did the intercessors ever go? Where did the travailers ever go that God could use in the apostolic church in this end time? We all want to see revival, but it's not going to come haphazard. In the day of Pentecost, They was in one place and one mind and one accord. We're going to have to come that God will draw us together as a unit that when your man of God comes to the pulpit, you're plugged into the same vein that he's in because the Holy Ghost is not two or three different factions. It's going to bring those that are plugged in into the vein that he's in. When the anointing comes on him, you're going to feel the same thing because you're in the same vein. Oh, Lord, help us uh, to never be guilty from this service forward uh, of dragging our feet uh, and watching the men of God struggle to preach uh, and especially when there's visitors, sinners in the house. We need conviction to fall in the apostolic church today, we need sinners when they come uh, to feel guilty for the way they've lived, to feel guilty for the sin in their life. Oh, well, the world don't look at sin like like God looks at it. Sin of a few years ago now is just a oh, it's a sickness. Yeah, uh, it's 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 a. Just the way I was born. It's just a lifestyle. It's not as serious a business, but sin with God is still sin. What I had to give up, you're going to have to give up. What I had to lay aside, you're going to have to lay aside. Oh, praise God. It's amazing to me that people that don't have two nickels to rub together with holes in the bottom of their shoes, yet pride can so engulf them that they can't respond to the God of the universe. Oh, praise God. I'm just, I am just—I can't just accept him as a religious world is lying to you about today. You don't just accept the Lord. He's got to accept you. And in order for him to accept you, you're going to have to repent of your sins. You're going to have to walk away from the sinning business. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You're going to have to go down in the water in the name of Jesus Christ. My Bible says for the remission of sins. The religious world says, oh, it don't matter Baptism is not that important. Uh, Well, the Bible that I read, and if you read it very often, the King James Version said it's for the removal of your sin. You wash away those sins. And when your sins are washed away, then you're in a position that by raising of your hands and worshiping God and being thankful that he calls you and that he delivered you from sin, you will have the opportunity of speaking in a heavenly language that you never learned and nobody taught you. You don't go in a prayer closet and somebody teach you your prayer language. It comes from heaven As God sanctions it, you're not in control of it. You don't start it and you don't stop it. And then God puts you in the process of being a called child of God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This calling is higher than being called to be a king. or the queen of a great empire. One of our presidents in the early formative years of our country, I can't call its name right now, but as he was picking his cabinet, various men was vying for positions, and a minister come to apply for Position when he found out that he was a preacher, he said, Please, if you are a minister of the gospel, don't ever stoop to be a president. You already have the highest position. Oh, I don't think we understand and realize today what we've got. I said, I don't think some of you realize what you've got. It's been so long since you was bound by sin till you just take the church for granted. Oh, praise the Lord. You young people that's born and raised in and around the church, never knowing what drugs will do to you, never knowing what a loose lifestyle will do to you, take for granted uh, that we're just going to church, but you should come to the house of God and at the first little quiver of God's presence, uh, I, I just kind of feel like in Thanksgiving I need to be on my feet uh, with my hands in the air that the worship leader not have to pump and prime uh, That the man of God don't have to beg and plead to get somebody to respond. But you are to be on your feet showing the sinner, showing the visitor. Those folks believe what they say. Those folks live what they claim. I'm excited about my relationship and my calling in God. Oh, praise the Lord. First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. You see, when I come to God, I didn't have anything to offer Him. I was just a poor country boy. My life was already scarred with sin. I was already headed down the wrong road. And I can, I can still see that old tent out in the field that they just went and pitched a tent. I, I don't know. If you know what a sand spur is out here, maybe you do, but we had them in northwest Florida. Brother, they was rough. They just went out in the middle of that field and pitched that old tent and threw a little sawdust down on top of it just to kind of cover the grass and started having church. Me and my buddies went and stood outside. Summertime, the flaps was rolled up, and you could hear the singing for a mile away. But we went to sea. I was I was miserable. My buddies that had, you know, the the local sheriff. If you was of a certain social strata, and uh, teenagers, how they are. Now, I never drank a drop of any type of liquor. God delivered me from that, saved me from that. But my buddies that was in the upper strata would get drunk because their parents bought them a car when they turned 16. I was probably 20, 20, maybe 21 before I bought my first car. But when the sheriff would find them drunk, rather than take them to jail, he'd take them around the back way and take them home because it was politics. But when in my strata and in my little circle, find you drunk, you went to jail. God don't operate that way. I didn't have anything to offer the Lord but yet he called me. The boys that sit on the hood of that car that night, I didn't respond to the same call that I responded to. Oh, praise the Lord. But I knew that I was miserable and that I needed God. I know that the Lord is interested in the rich as well as the poor, but when you don't need God, when you're self-sufficient, you can feel like I can make my own way. Mr. Trump really recently said, and this is not a political uh, advertisement, but he informed the world, I don't need your contribution money. I'll pay my own way. And he can do it. But he don't need nobody. Nobody. I'm telling you, I need God. Mr. Trump needs God. Every human being needs God. We need to get a hold of the fact that when God delivers us, that's the greatest gift We could ever have. And I'm going to be thankful to God. Every day of my life. I thank God. That he pulled me from the pit. And that He's put his blessings on my life. And that I am nothing. And I am a nobody. Without God. Oh the noble can go the way they want. But I'll take the walk with God. God is not as concerned nor impressed with our ability as he is our availability. Give me somebody with talent that's carnal and they're of no value to God. But give me somebody that has no talent and has a walk with God and God will find a place for them in his kingdom. Now, can I tell somebody that don't feel like you're worthy to do anything. God has a place for you. If you'll develop a prayer life to where you can hear that voice, the carnal mind's not going to hear it, and you're going to keep on going through the motions. Or you can run the aisles and still be miserable. But when you get in what I'm talking about, this call of God to the apostolic church in the end time, Oh, Lord, just stop and think, church, what's happening in Zimbabwe? What's happening in Malawi? where those people don't have anything, and God is doing a great work. God's going to move through this country, I believe, one more time before he calls his church out of here. And if you're not in position as an apostolic church, when that time comes, he'll merely walk by you and he'll go down the street to a nobody and a nothing and he'll build a church. He's going to have a church. He's going to have a strong church. He's going to have a separated church. He's going to have an apostolic church. The anemic work is not going to go out of here. But it's going to be a strong apostolic church. And he's calling this assembly to rise to the occasion. I'm going to be the giant in this region. I'm going to be the place that the world looks to and looks at for direction. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Psalm chapter one hundred. And verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Are you thankful today? Are you really thankful today? Don't raise your hand, but you're behind on your rent. You're behind on your house payment. Your car payment, they're fixing to come and repossess it. The bank's threatening you. The IRS has already been out and talked to you a time or two. Your debt is over your head. There's no way I can do it. And I walk up to you and I said, what's the total of your debt, Brother Riggin? Well, it's so, it's so large I'll never pay it just give me a figure well it's such and such you know I love you I'm gonna pay that debt for you and I pull out my checkbook and I write you a check and I give it to you and you just nonchalantly reach over and accept it no thanks no excitement. Just, yeah. I remember one time I was in the Marine Corps. I think it. Was, well, well, me and my wife married. Our total check was one hundred and sixty-five dollars a month. I mean, we were rolling in the dough. That was total. And. Uh, I got paid every two weeks, and they would they would pay us. And then we'd have a little bit of time to go up to the PX and cash our $27 check, whatever it was. And Bank of America and I, little old post. And I walked up to the window and I signed my check, and I slid it under there. And the guy gave me $20 bill too much. But I caught it immediately because... 1,000 things run through my mind that I could do with $20. I had the Holy Ghost, and I took that money, and I turned to walk off. And the Lord said, you can't do it. It's not yours. And I turned back around, and I showed the money, and I said, you gave me too much money. You know what I expected out of that man? Thank you, sir. I appreciate you being honest. But he slapped his hand on it and drawed it to him and said, I'd have caught you sooner or later anyway. How's he going to catch me? It's cash money. He got no of proving where that money went or who got it. And we could condemn him, and I did. But oh are we not guilty sometimes of just nonchalantly coming in the house of God? Say, God, here I am. You ought to be thankful I'm here, preacher. Hey, I'm back here. You ought to recognize who I am today because I've been faithful for the last three services just before you said amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, that went over somebody's head. I told our folks when we pastored, I said, I understand there's times when uh, you're going to be late. I mean, we lived in a city about 25,000, and I understood you would get caught in a traffic jam, you know, six lanes of traffic in and out of town, and you're going to get caught in traffic somewhere sometime. On those little two-lane pig trail roads, but I said, when you pull up in the parking lot, at least you could get out of your car in a hurry and walk at a fast step into the church as though you're glad to be here, instead of just a nonchalant stroll. As I, I'll, I'll get there sometime. Oh, hallelujah. God looks at little things like that. Then we come and we lift our hands and we say, God, I have a need. And that need is not supplied. Oh, praise God. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. I'm talking to somebody. Your experience needs to mean more to you than just a nonchalant approach to God. The reason we come to this prayer time early is to purge our mind uh, coming out of Pharaoh's brickyard with all of that trash and that mud and that mire our uh, purifying my mind so that when my pastor comes to the pulpit and he begins to talk to me in a parable I understand what the parable is all about because I'm on the same wavelength with him somebody else will look at the ceiling and scratch their head and say what was he talking about Uh, because a carnal mind can't comprehend what God's saying. You're wasting your time trying to figure out your man of God that's walking in the Holy Ghost, what he's saying and what he's trying to help us to do. But oh, when a church gets together, when a church gets plugged in together and you're here Early to pray. I hear voices from my little room downstairs, sometimes an hour before church ever starts. I'm telling you, God pays attention. I'm telling you, God pays attention. I'm telling you, God pays attention. Enter into his courts with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Thank you, God, that you kept me today. Thank you, God, that I've got health to come to your house. Thank you, God, that I can lift my hands and that I have the ability to run the aisles. High ah, for your goodness and your mercy. Be thankful unto him for what he's done talking about a calling, you'll never respond in that manner until you find your place in the kingdom and you're satisfied with yourself and with God and his call. Thanksgiving, the dictionary says, is a giving of thanks. There is a verse that says that all things work together. All things. must say all things. all things. Not just the things I like. All things. You get caught in a situation that you don't understand. What happens? Your blood pressure goes up. And if it lingers very long, your temper goes out the window. Yeah? And whoever's within voice range or length is going to pay a price. But oh, I'm talking about throwing out your blood pressure pills, spiritually speaking. God, I don't understand what's happening. But I know you're in control. And until I can understand it, I'm going to just walk in your presence. I'm going to just give you praise. I'm going to just lift up your name. I think I'll just go by the church and uh, spend a little time and remind you, God, even in this pit, uh, there's victory coming. Even in this situation, the sun's going to shine again. Even in my dilemma, God's gonna. the sun's going to come up in the morning. And when it does... Job said, I don't know where I can find you. I've looked to the left. I've looked to the right. I've looked to the front. I've looked to the back. You're not there, God. I'm in this all by myself. Yet, Let me settle this, Lord, with you. And devil, let me settle it with you. Though he slay me, yet in my flesh I'm going to give God praise. It don't matter my circumstances. It don't matter where I'm at. I'm going to magnify the Lord. I'm going to love God from the bottom of my heart. And when you do that, when you're in the valley, when you come out on the other side, there's going to be a mountain that won't be a mountain. <laughs> oh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, when I feel His presence, some of you hadn't caught on yet. When I come into His presence, I need to realize without Him, I'm nothing. Oh God, this church was established long before my time and it'll get along fine without me. But God, I'm a miserable wretch. I'm nothing without you. I need my church. I need my brothers. I need my sisters. Oh hallelujah. Oh hallelujah. What would cause a Holy Ghost filled? child of God to lash out at another Holy Ghost filled child of God over something trivial (laughs) grieve the Holy Ghost give the devil a victory praise God I need my brother I have never, in my over 60 years of preaching, I've never called a preacher friend. Well, maybe one time I called a man and he said, I've been praying for you, and God's in control. He said, Who you been talking to? Well, I just got through telling him I'd been praying. over his head but when you find a preacher that's at his lowest point he's sitting in his office holding his head tears running down his face he don't know where to go he can't come out here and stand behind this desk and and show you his weakness he's got to stand up and be strong but in that office with the door closed and it looks like everything's good, fixing to come apart and the phone rings and he picks it up and there's a gravelly voice on the other side Brother Regan, I was in prayer this morning and God impressed me to call you and tell you to just hold on. He's in control. He knows exactly where you're at and he's fixing to bring you through it. I'm telling you, that's something that money can't buy. When you can find a God that looks the whole world over and he finds me in my lowest point and he puts it on the heart of somebody else and says. Call him and give him a word of encouragement. I'm telling you, God's got a place and God's got an avenue. What would be wrong if some of you could walk in this house and say to your brother or your sister, You know, I prayed for you this morning. I don't know what you're going through, but I know that God's big enough to take you through it. Oh, hallelujah. Some of these young girls sitting right here, I've just got a feeling that that there's things that they're struggling with. There's fears that they have. There's anxieties, the unknown. Oh, if a grandma could just walk up and put their arm around them and say, honey, I've been where you're at. And I can tell you, God has never failed me. Would that be an encouragement to you, sis? Be an encouragement to you? You can live for God regardless of your circumstances. It don't make any difference what it's like at home. My wife got the Holy Ghost as a young girl. Her mom and dad didn't live for God. We didn't have transportation uh, as a car per se. Uh, It was about a mile to a mile and a half down a dirt road to the church. They didn't want her going to church. Very timid. Very soft-spoken. Good, clean girl. 15, 14, 15. Had, had morals. But they had rather see her go to the world than to keep those morals and go to Church. So they said, you can go to church, but you be home by nine o'clock because you got school tomorrow. Well there was as many nights that we got out of church after midnight as there was before. We were just country folks, and we thought when you come to church, you need to stay there, or you exhausted the power of God? We never did do it, but that was our. And my wife, then, before we were married, they would not allow me to walk her home. Now she went through a swampy area, which was part of the dump. And that's where the drunks gathered. So she had to walk by them drunks in the dark of the night to get home. But nobody could walk with her. And she still come to church. They said, you're on restriction. You're not going to church. And for the first time, she stood up and she says, I'm going to church. If I have to move out and live under the bridge, I'm going to church. When you've got a testimony like that, you can afford to go to somebody and say, let me just tell you, it don't matter what your life's about. It don't matter what your home life's about. You can be a work for God. You can be victorious living for God. And then when you come to church of all people, you need to get your tank full. You need the strength of the Holy Ghost You need the power of the Holy Ghost working. And and that was before we even had telephones. Uh, Much less all of this uh, junk we've got today. How this destroying our young people. I'm telling you, God's got a place in his kingdom. Oh. Matthew 18 and 14, Even so it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven, That one of these little ones should perish. It's not the will of God that people fail and fall. Jesus declared that he gave his life for all of humanity. If you're here today without the Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ hung on a cross and shed his blood that you could be free. I said that you could be free that you could be happy, that you could find a church family like this right here, which is a safe place to bring your family, a safe place to bring your children, that they can be instructed in the ways of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Matthew 20, 16, for many be called, but few chosen. Man is going to, at some point, if you'll give God a half a chance, he'll call you to a higher level. But with that calling comes a commitment. It's strange to me that a a man or a woman We we'll let the boss tell them. Not ask them if it's convenient, but tell them when to come to work and what time to be there. On time. Ready to go to work on time. And how long to stay? When you take a break, if you get a break, and when you don't. How much production to put out, and you do that for a mere paycheck that most people are going in a hole with every week. Nothing to look forward to. But when they get an opportunity to come to the house of God, praise God. How long have you been here, Brother Regan? 19 years. That's a lifetime. I pastored 25 years. And I felt like I gave, well, I know I gave the best years of my life.
1: But I retired and
0: walked away a broken man. Because I had myself to the work of God but you walk in a place and sit down and you feel that family unity I don't feel no bad spirits here today you've been taught well you better thank God for this man You don't see him out on the lake three and four and five times a week come dragging in just in time for church. But if you want to find him, I got a pretty good feeling there's two rooms out there. It says pastor's study and pastor's office. You'll find him in one or the other or on his way to or from because it's, it's Thursday night coming up and I've got to have something for my people. He's a visitor there. I've got to have a word for them to let them know that God loves you and that he wants to save you. He wants to establish you. Come in a church like that and you would not be eager to throw your hat in the ring and say, this is my church. Oh, praise God. Pastor Riggin, I don't understand all that jumping and squealing and I don't understand all that running and all that stuff going on. I don't understand it. They don't do that in my church. That's because they don't have what you got here. But if you'll just be patient with me, and if you'll just show me, teach me, I want to be a part of this. I feel something here I don't feel everywhere. Praise God. I said, I feel something here I don't feel everywhere. I know that it's spooky. I know that it's unnerving and and what have you to come to an altar in a strange place. But, oh, there's no power in these benches. But this is where we meet God. This is where the sinner this is where the heroin addict can come and in one service be delivered cold turkey. This is where we come and we meet God and a marriage that's on the rocks can be put back together in just a few minutes' time. This is where the wayward teenager can come and just a few minutes. With prayer, I can get its direction and say, I don't want to go that way anymore. I'm not going that way anymore. This is where a sight of God that messes up can come back. And one more time, God touch them and put a strength in their feet that they can go on living for God. I'm talking about a calling that God puts in our life. Oh, if we'll just be thankful for, if we'll just let Him know that He, we love Him, we're excited about living for Him. Oh. The man of God is God's supervisor. He's the one that tells you when to come to church. Okay? Now let me get just a little bit radical here for a few minutes. Just allow me that. If you're the carnal mind, you'll dissect it anyway. He's the one that says, "We have Bible study on Thursday night." It's 7:30. But we have prayer at 7. Hello? When you show up late for work, they deduct your time card. One way or the other. When you show up late for prayer, you lose something on your timesheet that you won't ever gain in that service. He's the one that says in the Bible and reads it to you, this is how we dress as apostolics. Oh, hallelujah. The carnal is going to get just as close to that border as they can. you ever seen an old horse standing belly deep in grass trying to push a barbed bar wire fence down so he can get a bite on the other side, just gravel? Oh, praise God. He's the one that says this is the way we talk around here. We don't, we don't listen to this kind of music. and If you're interested in what that kind is, talk to him. This is how we do things around here. Now, if you want to work for this company, there's an old brown truck that runs all over town. That's the ugliest color I believe I've ever seen. That's the ugliest brown. Why did they pick that color? There's nothing appealing about the uniform that they wear. But if they work for UPS, they don't have the option. And I've never seen one yet come to my door that had a frown on their face and crying because they got to wear that ugly-looking suit and drive that ugly In fact, when they come out of that truck, they come out of it running like they're scared. You just have time to sign your name, and they're gone again because they want a job and they want a paycheck on Friday. Oh, hallelujah. I'm talking about something that's more important than UPS. I'm talking about a position that pays better than what they do. I'm talking about a place in the kingdom of God where God will reward you and honor you. And you can hold your head up high, walk through the community. I'm an apostle. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the man of God is the one that puts you in that position. Because he said, these are the standards around here. You. you don't have to live them. You don't have to get involved. But if you want to be happy, if you want the joy of the Lord in your heart, if you want to be saved. Oh. Can I tell somebody this deal about going to heaven is a serious matter? You say, I got plenty of time. Let's see if you do. Everybody, when I lower my hand and put it on this desk, I want you to blink your eyes one time. The rapture took place and is over. Don't you think you're going to have time to repent? when the trumpet sounds oh hallelujah thank you Jesus I'm not through but I feel like right now God is talking to somebody he's sending that invitation out church will you plug in right now will you lay everything aside and will you get in touch with God? There's a soul in the balance. You won't ever stand ever understand everything we do until you get involved in it. But I can give you a double your money back guarantee. You get the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you get it according to the scripture. 30 days if you're not the happiest person In your life, I'll give you your money back. I guarantee you it's going to put a smile on your face. I guarantee you it'll draw you and your husband or wife closer together. It'll put your children around the table to where you can have a family unit again. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It'll give you a clarity of mind and spirit Has clarity that I'm in touch with God and I'm on my way to heaven. Why would anybody? Why would anybody want to turn that down? Why would anybody want to say no to an offer like that? You say, "Well, I'm a stranger. I don't know anybody." You've listened to me for the last forty-five or so minutes. It's your first time, and you probably now know me better than anybody else. And I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll make a deal with you. I'll come down here on your level, and you just show me a little sign that you're ready to come pray, and I'll come and walk down that aisle with you so you don't have to do it by yourself. Oh, what better offer could you have? I'll be a friend to you till you can make friends with Jesus. How about it? Let's stand to our feet right now. Church, pray. If you've ever prayed, get a hold to God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know what you need is, brother, but God's here today to fill that need. God's here today to challenge you to another dimension. How about it? You're missing a golden opportunity, sir, ma'am. How about it, sir? Would you let me march and walk with you down the altar? Praise God, praise God. Come on, church, pray. Come on, church, pray. We'll be a friend to you, sir. God will do something for your life today. Oh, thank you, Jesus Would you like to pray? Come on. Come on. Praise God. How about it? How about it? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, come on, sir. Don't turn the Lord down. He's fixing to do something. All right, church, it's your job, it's your place. Find somebody. Find somebody to pray with, find somebody to help find the Lord. oh thank you jesus let the holy ghost come in this house let the holy ghost come in this house oh praise god praise god praise god yes 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 bless your name bless your name oh bless your name just talk to the lord like a friend he's the best friend you'll ever have Talk to him like a friend. Tell him your fears. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Oh yes. Thank you Jesus. Don't worry about the tears. If the tears flow, let them flow. You're in the presence of God. What you're feeling is the presence of God. He wants to move inside and live inside of you. But you've got to deal with the sin problem first. God, I repent of my sins. I repent of my sins. I'm sorry for the way that I've lived. And I'm asking you to forgive me. Hallelujah. I'm asking you to wash me clean. I'm asking you to purge my heart. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.